Here the Turtle is presented by Toyota. Toyota helps you get the most out of your drive. Just ask a friend who drives one. Shop buyatoyota.com, Toyota's official website for deals, to find the Toyota that's right for you. Toyota, let's go places. It's Wednesday, September 29th, 2021. It's here, the Turtle, presented by Toyota and Keith. We arrive at another football game weekend, but it's not like any football game weekend. Normally we're talking Saturdays. It's Friday night lights. Capital One fared at Maryland Stadium, and it's a big one. Number five, Iowa, comes to the shell, as Coach Laxey would call it. I was listening to SVP's podcast last last night. He likes to call it the snake pit, but we're calling it the shell. That's Coach Lax's verbiage. Um, a, a huge opportunity. Maryland 4-0 after a win over Kent State this weekend. Uh, Iowa undefeated as well. Uh, they've beaten ranked teams in Indiana and Iowa State. Both those teams not ranked anymore, but ranked at the time of the victory. They've also beaten Kent State and then just took down Colorado State this week. Just a giant opportunity for Coach Loxley, his program. In a similar situation to the terms where two years ago when Penn State came here, this is a better Maryland team than played that Penn State team. Also, Terps undefeated two years ago. There was that bye week in between. People don't remember coming off a loss to Temple. Um, so some, some different situations here. But this should be a raucous environment Friday night um, at Maryland Stadium. Uh, and I'm really, really excited for it. It should be a good one. Yeah, it does have that feeling of, you know, big game vibe around campus or around campus that, hey, Friday night something is going down. And you feel like Maryland is positioned to, if things go our way, a couple bounces go the way of the Terps, you can pull off the upset against a very, very difficult uh, opponent, but it's going to be tough. Maryland has their work cut out for them. Iowa coming in as one of the best teams in the country, 4-0 on the season, number five in the AP poll. And they are on a 10-game winning streak, Taylor, dating back to last season. Season. Eight consecutive wins over ranked opponents for Iowa. That's the second longest in the streak, only behind Alabama. Uh, pretty Not good bad team. Company. Pretty good company to be involved with. Seven straight wins over Big Ten teams. Number one in the Big Ten in interceptions with six this season. They have nine turnovers this season. They've turned all of those turnovers into points. So something that Coach Loxley mentioned in his press conference this week, they've got to play smart. They cannot turn the ball over because this team will make you pay. You turn the ball over on any point of the field, you give them the motivation to drive right back at you, either turn it into a quick six on the defensive front or with their offense, which is you know heavily run focused, um, able to wear you down and you make a little mistake at the end of a, of a game, end of a quarter, um, they're going to hit you. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting to look at the matchup here. You know, Iowa is who they've been for a long time. Kirk Ferentz is he's, you know one of the dean of of college football coaches at this point. They've had a lot of success there. You know, they they they're not a flashy offensive team really at any point in his tenure. They 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 run the football. You know, they play really good defense. Uh, they have an incredible home field environment in Iowa, so they win most of their games there. 
you know, when you look at this Maryland team trying to play them, you know, on the offensive side, one of the things you look at from a turnover perspective, you know, Talia Tungabailoa has made great decisions with the football so far this year. His one pick against Kent State, you know, I think Rakim Jarrett would put his hand up and say that was my fault. Ball bounced off his hands um, and into a Kent State defender's hands. So if Talia can can continue to manage the game and make decisions in the way he has, that's going to be very advantageous to Maryland, who, as you said, Iowa's a team that, you know, feasts off opponents' mistakes. If the Terps you know, can kind of get the Hawkeyes into a bit of a track meet, speed the game up, try to out-athlete them offense against defense. I think they've got a chance to get ahead and, and stay ahead in this game. You know, Maryland's, you know, defensive front is going to have to deal with, you know, a physical, you know, Iowa team that that, that is not going to be phased by anything that they see. You know, they, they're in a raucous road environment, you know, in a rivalry game in Ames, Iowa, against Iowa State, and handled it very, very well. You know, 127-17, you know, they beat an Indiana team that people fancy before the year and really dominated them at home to start the year. So they've been pretty well tested so far. Maryland can say the same against the West Virginia team that almost beat Oklahoma this week. So this looks like it should be a pretty close game, you know, Obviously, gambling doesn't come into any part of college athletics here, I guess, for us. But if you look at if you're if you're a fan of what Vegas thinks, a three and a half point spread indicates that this game should be close. And 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 you know those things are right and wrong sometimes. But I think Maryland has some advantages over Iowa. The weapons on the outside, if they're able, if this offensive line is able to play the way they've played and give Talia Tungavailoa time, I think Maryland has a real, real chance to give a better showing. Not necessarily win the game. I think they have a great chance to win the game. But give a better showing than they have in some of these games against the Big Ten's elite teams. One of the things I think Mike Loxley, you know, he wants to obviously win the game. There's no doubt about it. Everyone in that building expects to win the game 100%. But I think the other point of progress they have to show is be able to compete in games like this. Like, you're not going to win every game like this. You're not going to beat top five teams all the time. But to get to a point where you're a top 25 teams, you've got to compete against teams like that and put yourself in position to win. I think that would be a point of progress. Not to say there's moral victories. I hate doing that. But in a time where two years ago in a game like this, you lost 66 to 3 or 66 to nothing or whatever it was against Penn State. To, just the race that from the memory. The race that from memory. Yes. To play better in a game like this, you know, they have the quarterback to do it, they have the receivers to do it. There's guys on the defensive end, they're going to be able to really play. I think Iowa's going to have a tough time against Maryland's secondary. You know, I think Maryland's second, and that is going to be able to release Maryland's front seven to get after the quarterback. I, this is going to be a really intriguing game. This is. I think the most Maryland, you know, it's funny, a few years ago, they almost took down a top 10 Ohio State team. But that was out of nowhere. That was a situation, I mean, Maryland had great athletes in the field. Anthony McFarland was fantastic. But going into that game, you know, Maryland was a 20-plus point underdog or, you know, double-digit underdog, whatever it is. This is a game where you're going into it. And there are people picking Maryland going into the game. You know, Pat Forty picked Maryland in his column this week. Other people. So, in a game that's expected to be competitive, I'm so fascinated to see how Maryland comes out and embraces this opportunity. That's going to be fun, just on an intangible level. I think one of the matchups of the game is Iowa's quarterback Spencer Petras versus Maryland's defense, Maryland's secondary. He's 10-2 and two as the starting quarterback at Iowa. He's thrown 12 TDs and three interceptions over the past 10 games. But this season, only 460 yards through the air in four games. So he's not really asked a lot to be airing the ball out, you know, every set of downs, right? You know, they have that run game that he can lean on. So if Maryland 
Maryland gets into a situation, they're up late in the game. They force him to throw. That may be that time, that winning time, where you can force him into a mistake, force him into an interception, or you know, not the most mobile guy. He's got negative rushing yards on the season. You know, this may be one of his first real tests um, this year. You know, like you said, go went up against a ranked Indiana Iowa State team, which aren't ranked right now. So we don't really know how good those teams are. But uh, this will be it. This will be a you know raucous road environment that he's going to have to uh, battle as well. So it'll be a very interesting matchup for me, uh, you know, how Spencer holds up here in College Park. Yeah, and that's, that's it'd be an interesting part if, if Maryland comes out dynamic, explosive, goes up 7, 10, 14, nothing, makes Iowa play from behind. Do they have, are they constructed to win that way if Maryland's not giving the ball up? I think one of the key things in this game, and Mike Loxley has talked about it throughout the entirety of the preseason, he continues to talk about it during the season, Maryland has to play discipline in this game outside of turnovers. Cannot commit stupid penalties. You can't have things like Levante Gator launching himself at a quarterback and 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 in a clear, you know, targeting call. I think Lox's quote was, you know, my grandmother could have made that call. They 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 can't have things like that happen. You know, per, we we've seen things like personal fouls hurt this Maryland team in the past years and and coach Loxley to his credit, I mean, he clearly recognized it. I mean, you we've seen him in the speeches that have been put out post game where he said, "Guys, we weren't disciplined enough in this game. We have got to get more disciplined. This is the time to show it. A Friday night, prime time. You have the stage to yourself. This is where you have to come out and play very, very disciplined football because the weapons and the explosiveness is going to speak for itself. We've seen it. Talia Tungavailoa is so comfortable in this offense. They have the ability to beat you over the top. They have the ability with Talon Fleet Davis to grind out drives a little bit if the if the offensive line get pushed. The offense can do things in different ways, and they the defense has enough horses to get it done. But will they beat themselves, especially in a situation where it's close? That Those are the times against a good team. A team like Iowa, as you said, take advantage of turnovers. They're going to take advantage of those penalties as well. Um, fa- this, is, this is one of the more fascinating Maryland games in a decade. Um, sure. In terms of the buildup and, and what the win could potentially mean, the opponent that it's not an Ohio State or a Penn State or a Michigan, it's Iowa who's just a little bit different than those teams. You know, not there's there's not as much maybe national appeal to it, but they're so solid and they're a team in this conference that you have to beat to get to the next level. Um, they're not a gatekeeper by any means, but in terms of like if you're gonna f- consider yourself, you know, of the echelon of Iowa. And I think Maryland will be fine right now being at sure. the Sean of Iowa, where you're ranked every year. I mean, that, that's you're... a team that's probably going to make it into the Big Ten championship game from the from that from, from the, the West, from the West. Um, just based on how Wisconsin's playing. Incredibly good chance. Yep. Uh, so this is and North, Northwestern's playing and 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 Nebraska and there's, there's the West looks down at this point. Quite frankly, you could say the East looks a little jumbled as well. And this is a time for Maryland to take advantage of that. So. Um, I'm fascinated to watch this game. One of the guys that is going to play a giant part in this ballgame, Keith, is is our guest this week, and that's Dante Demas Jr., the star wide receiver and a guy that has emerged from, I think, someone that got here out of Washington, D.C., who had a lot of potential, certainly killed the look test at 6'3", looks like sort of that prototypical pro wide receiver. You think like Julio Jones or something like that. Um, he has blossomed into that and, and looks like a guy that could be taken in the – first three rounds of the NFL draft. Um, he's, he's developed an incredible chemistry with Slita Tugavailoa and has developed as a person. 
um, throughout his time here. Had a great interview with him. Talked about, you know, obviously the team and, and his personal development. Also about how he represents his family. Father passed away right before he got to Maryland as a freshman. Um, and a bunch of fun stuff. We continue to try to figure out who the fastest guy on this team is. We still don't know, Keith. It's a never-ending search. It's a never-ending search. He gave us some new names. That's right. He gave yes, us he some did. new names. Yes, we had been hearing the same, like, four or five guys. He brought some new guys into the equation, including himself, because none of these guys can do this without mentioning themselves. So let's get to our interview with Maryland wide receiver Dante Dimas Jr. For nearly 75 years, the Terrapin Club has been the foundation for the student-athletes, coaches, and staff of Maryland Athletics. And now, Maryland Athletics is proud to announce Terrapin Club Reinvented. Terrapin Club Reinvented offers three new features exclusively for our Terrapin Club members. Terrapin Club Plus, One Maryland Magazine, and the Terrapin Club Backstage Pass. These new benefits will provide members with exclusive content and behind-the-scenes experiences unparalleled in collegiate athletics. To learn more, visit TerrapinClub.com or call 301-314-7020. We're back here on Here the Turtle with Maryland wide receiver Dante Dimas. Dante, obviously an amazing season so far. You guys are 4-0. You're having a great year. But Friday... Biggest game of the year. Number five, Iowa comes to town Friday night. It's going to be electric. How excited are you are for the atmosphere and the opportunity that you and your teammates have on Friday? I'm just glad that we were presented with this opportunity. You know, we just get the chance to go out there and put our talents on there for the showcase for everybody on Friday night. So I'm just looking forward to it. Now, for you specifically, you know, I think your story is pretty well told at this point. Um, Coach Loxley's talked so much about how you've matured through your years here on the field, off the field, and you've now risen to this point where you're considered one of the best wide receivers in the nation. For you personally, what's this journey been like? Obviously, this is not your final game of the year. You've got a lot of games after this and hopefully a bowl game after that and go to the NFL. But for you, as you sit here right now and and you're experiencing this team success, individual success, how do you kind of describe your journey to this point? Uh, just looking back on everything, just looking how, like, when I first came in, you know, I wasn't too worried about, like, breaking records or stuff like that going into the stat books. Just really just looking to help my team. But now just looking at, like, we have the team that, like, that's going to go big and do big things because, like, we finally come together. And I feel like this team is just bought into everything, you know, just bought into what Coach Locks has been saying since day one and really bought into the standard. So I feel like just – I just cherish my moments here at Maryland. Just give me – you know, the chance to really reflect and really see, like, how I've become the person I've become. You mentioned the record books there. Dante, you've moved into the top ten in receiving yards, receptions, touchdowns for a wide receiver. You're now within the likes of Stephon Diggs and Torrey Smith and all these program greats. How's it feel just to be in the conversation with guys like that who've gone on to have so much more success? It just makes me feel like I can go bigger and beyond. Just knowing that I'm amongst the greats right now and they've done big things and bigger things and I've only just begun. So I feel like this is just giving me another chance to look back at myself and really say you came a long way and you've really done a good job. Do you like watching those guys on Sunday to sort of have, you know, a guy like DJ Moore, a guy like Stefan Diggs, you know, two Terps, you know, who've had the success in college and then have, have moved it to the NFL. Do you watch those guys on Sunday and think, all right, like there's a blueprint here for me to come from Maryland and then have that success at the next yeah, level? Yeah, just looking at the, uh, like you said, looking at the blueprint, really just going through their old stomping grounds and just really just looking at how they did things and still looking at how they do things now in the NFL. Just giving me a chance to, you know, reflect and really just see how I can make my game better. 
Dante, you've moved into a leadership role um, this season, one of the kind of veterans on this team. You know, how has that kind of uh, manifested itself this year? You know, kind of having to be a more vocal guy or just set an example for younger guys? Yeah, I just, I knew we're bringing in a couple of young guys and having still a couple, being the oldest, not the oldest, but one of the oldest in the room, just knowing that I've been playing a long time and the younger ones going to have to look up and feel like, feel their way into the playbook and stuff like that. So I've, I've taken on that role and I've just attacked it, you know, just trying to be the biggest leader I can be, be more vocal, tell them where they can be, you know, better spots on the field and stuff like that. Just trying to be more vocal, just have a big brother on their back, not just always the coach, you know, yelling at them. Now, one of the things that helps you guys as wide receivers, you got a hell of a quarterback in Talia, and, and the connection you guys have had is, is pretty special so far this year. Describe what makes him special back there because he is doing things that Maryland quarterbacks haven't done in 20 or 30 years right now. From your perspective and as a receiver, what makes him special? i just seen, you know, i just seen Leah turn into a perfectionist. You know, he's been in his offense day in, day out, late nights, early mornings. So I feel like he's been taking his time just to really break down his offense and make it his own. You know, he's bought into key parts of his game where he can be improved and working that stuff in the weight room to help him be better on the field. So he's just always just making each part of his game better day in, day out. So I feel like that's why he's having that success. And the offensive line protecting Leah right now is doing a pretty good job. Rated the number one O-line in college football last week by Pro Football Focus. You know, brag about them for a little bit, the job uh, they've done oh, to yeah. create time for him and get you guys open this year. One thing, you know, we felt like we had to improve from last year is just bringing in a strong online. So I feel like that's what Coach Locks did, and he brought in the greatest people he can bring in. You know, he's bringing in guys, and those guys have bought into what he's been saying since day one, and they've just been coming together. Those five up front are really just, you know, strong and together, and they're really working. It's been pretty well talked about, and we, we had, you know, Deontay and Tarheeb on this show and, and Rock as well, talking about the competitiveness between the wide receivers and the DBs and how strong you guys have kind of made each other. For you, you know, going against guys like he and Deontay and Jacorian and, and Nick Cross and all of these guys, how has that made you better as a player? I feel like we know day in, day out, like, we're going to get the best look from each other. So going out there and doing things on Friday nights and Saturday nights, only going to be easier because we go against the best always in practice. So I feel like going against those guys every day just make key parts of your game stronger and really just find out what you can make better on the field. Is there a guy in that secondary when you get matched up with him and you're just like, oh, man, him again. I don't want to have to deal with this guy right now. I feel like I'm excited to go against all of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're excited to go against me. You know, I got to put my best foot forward and they're going to put theirs forward. You know, they only making me better. So I just love going against those guys every day. How much talk is there between you guys out there? Oh, it feels like because we, we had you mic'd up. We had we had Deontay. Mm -hmm. It feels like there's a lot of chatter going on between those two. Oh, units. yeah, you know, in and out of the plays, making plays against each other, you know, a little chitter chat here and there. But it's all love. <laughs> at the end of the day <laughs> as you you know look towards the rest of the season you know and you you talked about it earlier coach Locke says play to the standard you know every week it's got to be the standard I think we have a video of you coming off the field on Saturday that says we got to stay to the standard we got to stay to the standard describe kind of what that means to you guys um and, and coach likes to use it with the fans too we need the fans out there we need the students to stay for four quarters that's the standard you know how have you guys embraced that you know it feels like tbia is a thing you guys embraced in it from a slogan perspective but the standard has kind of has kind of sat there and and kind of been the thing this year describe what that means to you guys uh i feel like the standard is just like you know he says don't play to a team play to the standard so i feel like monday through friday we just practice hard you know we make 
Monday through Friday hard, so Saturday is going to be easier. So I feel like we go through all that pain and stuff through practice throughout the week, and that's just the standard. You know, you have to go through that to make Saturdays easy. So going through that just makes our job, you know, a lot smoother and a lot easier for us. What's it been like just to play in front of fans again after missing it for all last year? Even on the road at Illinois, you're playing in a hostile environment. You know, how much energy does that give you guys, just, uh, you know, having, having people in, in the stands cheering you on or cheering against you? Uh, just having people, you know, you know, love the crowd sounds, you know, it gets you going. The crowd always, whether it's just oohs and ahs or boos, you know, stuff like that, you just love it. You know, it gets you going just to do what you got to do, you know, doing the thing that you love to do out there. Let's get some, to some of the important topics here. Um, pre-game, I've noticed we, we get the photos up in, in the press box to tweet them out. You are front and center of the uh, turp walk line, and you've got the fit on. What goes into the pregame fit, and you you are like, and you got the shades on, like I, I I am like I would not want to face this guy in the game in, in an hour and a half. Like you are like locked in. So describe your your theory with what your pregame fit looks like a little bit here. Uh, you know I try to match in. I like dark colors, so you know I throw in a little dark color, dark gray, dark you know a couple black, you know dark blue here and there. But I just feel like I just mix it up just to try to you know go with my shades to be honest. But, you know, I put the shades on just to, you know, zone in. You know, I got my headphones in, got the shades on. I'm locked in one thing, one thing only. So I don't need no outside things throwing me off right now because I got a job to do. He said he kind of brought the shades to the the, yeah. the team. Who do you consider the best, you know, shades wearer at this point? Uh, I feel like, you know, yeah, he did bring it in. You know, he used to uh, wear uh, pregame and stuff like that, had his shades on, and then also on the walk. But I feel like – uh, the best player had to be, I say Rube. You know, Rube. Okay. Rube. Yeah, Rube. he also yeah. mentioned him as a guy yeah. that's really embraced He it. got He got a uh, couple of different styles, and all. I like how he throw that in there with his suit. So I feel like Rube got the best one right now. Anything special planned for Friday? It was just, just kind of going back to the wardrobe, seeing some couple of things out. Are you still thinking about it? Uh, I feel like I still got a little couple of time to think about it and stuff like that. But I feel like I'm going to make it simple, you know, straight to the point, you know, because, you know, got a job to do. Can't treat it like any other thing, you know, just treat it like you playing any other Saturday. You stay consistent with the dark colors, though. Mm -hmm. Who of anybody else on the team, do they walk out of the bus or they walk down when you guys are getting on the bus and you're like, they've got it together. They know what they're doing. Uh, you know, me and Rock's tied the tour to the front. You, know? <laughs> you guys are always yeah, in the front with yeah, Coach Locks. You know, always got to be beside big man. You know, we try to get out your yin and yang thing going on. <laughs> trying to do, you know, stuff like that. So I say five. All right, so we've got to get have this debate, Keith, because yes. we've had this fastest player on the team debate throughout <laughs> our show. We got it on the IG now with Heave is like gallivanting around asking people, for you, who is the fastest player on this team? So, I'm going to keep it, you know, brief. Okay. Fastest player has to be either myself okay. or Marcus Fleming. Marcus, Marcus Fleming, Fleming gets you, into the conversation. We have not heard that name. Can yet. you comment on Ruben Hippolyte saying that he is the fastest player on the team at linebacker? He said I. he was – Made no, but he was like, I am the fast guy. I put pads on no faster than anybody. No hesitation. Uh, I don't think so. You know, Ruben, yeah, he's fast. Don't get me wrong. He's fast. But I feel like, you know, the top, I named the top five fastest guys. Okay, okay. I feel like myself, Marcus Fleming, Dewan Ellis. Um, You're giving us some new names. Yeah. <laughs> giving you the real. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Deontay Banks and Jacorian Bennett. We heard okay. that there was like some race between, 
I think it was what Tarheeb, Jacorian, Nick Cross was involved. Nick Cross always goes back to his track bona fides. He's yeah. very big on his track reputation. Mm-hmm. So he's not in there for you. He, nah. he, okay, there I don't you go. Think so. there, did you run track? Uh, I ran track my 12th grade year. Okay. You know, just, to, just to see how I feel and really get my form down and running and stuff like that. So I feel like that helped me. It was a football training me. thing for you. So yeah. a couple new names in there Fleming, Dwan Ellis. That's the, the discussion continues. The discussion like continues. This, this may never be settled. This, this may never be settled. <laughs> um, Dante, you, you, you're from Washington, D.C. You, you know, you're a local kid. Um, what has it been like for you to play close to home? Obviously, the story's well documented, and we, we, we've been some awesome stuff about you representing your father, your late father, mm. um, with the junior on the back of your jersey. It seems like you have a lot of pride, not only in how you represent your family, you represent your area. Just describe that to us, what that means to you when you walk out on the field every Saturday, uh, Friday in this case. I mean, that's that's what I play for, you know. That's my why. So I feel like just going out there and making those guys proud and – Making everybody back home proud is the reason I, I love this game. You know, just to see them look up to me and I just want them to be better than me. You know, having them, the younger guys looking up to me and also like my coaches still coming back and talking to me and stuff like that. Just helping me just become a better man just throughout life. So I feel like just having those guys on my back and just being like my extra person in the corner, just as them as a whole, just give me a reason to keep going. How many friends and family will be in the crowd on Friday? Oh, it's going to be a lot, so I, I can't really name it. I just, is there just a specific can't. place where you know to look where your crew kind of is? Yeah, I feel like they, they sit in the same same spot every day, just like right by the shell, the left side. Just They all just over there on that side. So I feel like just having them right there, just knowing where they at and just like making plays and looking up to them just, just makes me keep going. You're getting a lot of opportunities to look out of them because you're making a lot of plays right now. We'll get you out of here with a few rapid-fire questions. First, offense needs to get going in the stadium. What song are you putting on before the, you know, the going down for the game-winning drive? What's playing in the stadium? Uh, I feel like I don't necessarily have to play one song. It's either had to be some NBA young boy or probably some future stuff like that. Just just put on a Pacific artist and I feel like my team will get going. Right there you now. go. I like it. Uh, the show you're watching or streaming right now, Dante? Squid Game. What, what show? I've heard, Squid Game, which I've heard oh, very good things about. Oh, that's on Netflix, right? Yes, I've okay. heard very good things about that. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. It, what has been, when you were in the pandemic, what was like your show that you binged that you, that you liked the most? Uh, Money Heist. Okay, oh, we've I've seen good, a little bit of Money Heist. We've heard good, good things show. about that. You've yep. watched that a little bit. Yep. Um, your favorite part of Jones Hill House, this new building that we uh, that we sit in? Uh, the hot tub and cold tub. And mm-hmm. also the theater room. The theater so room, can I, I think, is the number one So can one I ask a question spot. about the theater room? Because everyone's saying theater room. Is this now a theater room or has this become the nap room? Uh, it's kind of both. Okay. You know, we got okay. a big projector in there. You know, you can watch football and on there, relax and take a nap. So I feel like that's a little bit of the chill spot plus a nap spot stuff. Are like you guys that. getting on the sticks in there, video games? Oh, stuff? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the game of choice right now? Uh, Either Madden or FIFA. FIFA, FIFA, FIFA. wow! Who's your team in FIFA? I was gonna say, who's the best FIFA player? Uh, the best FIFA player would have to be either TJ Kauta, Jalen Duncan, or Leah. Leah, Leah. Who's the best Madden player? Uh, I have to get that to Spencer Anderson. Spencer Anderson. There you go. Okay. Right tackle of the week. Great bad player. <laughs> Guys having a good week. He's got it all. <laughs> yeah. uh, Dante, we ask this to everybody who comes on our show. Your favorite place to eat in College Park? Uh, I had to say uh, the hall mm. or marathon. What are yeah, you getting marathon. at marathon? 
marathon I would get, it's like you get the marathon fries, just put the sauce on top, mm-hmm. and then you get the chicken stacked right on top of it. Oh, so the chicken. Then you put more marathon sauce. And then <laughs> I mean, it's lunchtime right now. I mean, it's lunchtime right now. I'm right, my stomach has just gone into a whole other dimension after hearing <laughs> that. You're in the description. Dante Demich, thanks so much for coming on with us. Um, it's been incredibly exciting to watch you grow throughout your career and have the success you've had this year. So good luck on Friday. Good luck the rest of the year. I uh, really appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Thanks, Dante. Want to take the Terrapins with you wherever you go? Maryland Athletics has officially launched the One Maryland mobile app, a must-have for all Terps fans. The One Maryland app is a one-stop shop for all things Terps, featuring the latest news, scores, game day information, and exclusive content from your favorite Maryland teams. Download the One Maryland app on your iOS or Android device today by searching for Maryland Athletics in your device's app store. Back on here, the turtle presented by Toyota. Thanks so much to Dante Demas for jumping on with us. Dude, Keith, Dante Demas is like, you look at Dante Demas, like we stood next to him and took our normal picture. Dude, he is a specimen. I mean, Dante Demas is a Sunday player. I remember straight up his. The first time I ever stood next to him a couple years ago during a media availability, I remember just looking up and thinking, man, this guy looks like a. He looks like an NFL player. You know, he looks like a, you know, prototypical wideout. The size, length, you know, being able to, to get up and, um, you know, catch balls in the air and catch contested balls. And he really hadn't come into his own yet. But now, I mean, the Dante Demas, you know, party is here. Um, and, you know, if he keeps to, you know, the trajectory he's on this season, um, you know, he's going to be playing on Sundays. He leads the Big Ten in receiving yards. I think the thing that, you know, Mike Loxley's talked a lot about and you heard Dante talk about it there think his personal development in terms of being a locker room leader um, and, and the way he approaches the game has really been one of the great stories for Coach Locks over the past few years. I mean, that's the type of player and personal development you want to see, a guy that comes in with the talent, hasn't quite figured out how to work maybe as he needs to yet, hasn't, and, and, and he figured it out, straight up figured it out, got over, you know, the incredible tragedy to lose your father like that right as you enter college. He represents his mom, and his mom supports him so much. It's a really great story, and he's such a good kid, you know, you know, was there to our stuff, you know, like 10 minutes early. We were, like, setting up, and he was, like, ready to go. <laughs> it's like, uh, so uh, excited to see him in a game like this. The, you know, Talia has, has gotten the sort of smidgen of the national headlines that Maryland's you know, started to maybe get, you know, as a, as a, as a candidate, as one of the best players in the country. I think this is a game where Dante Demas has the chance for people to watch on Friday night and think, who is this guy? Who is Dante Demas? Oh, he leads the big 10 in receiving. Oh, he's got 130 receiving yards and a touchdown against Iowa tonight. It's really there. And the crazy part about it is the guy that's is on the other side of him. Number five that he talked about, he's got a chance to do the exact same thing. That's why Maryland has so many weapons. Um, and has the ability to beat you in a lot of different ways because it might, it could be seven, it could be five, it could be six, it could be twenty one, could be fifteen. Like there's there's so many receivers, you know, and, and Cobbs and Jones and 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 all these different guys. Then you have Tamfleet Davis, who's quietly having a very nice start to the year that I don't think anybody is talking about as Maryland's clear lead back. There was a question of would a guy like Isaiah Jacob take take some carries off him? Would Penny Boone take some carries off of some of those talented freshmen? TFD is clearly the lead back. Uh, the only remnants of the Shell Daddies, Keith. I was, gonna, I, I was hoping you would say Shell Daddies. Um, you bring up the nickname, the esteemed nickname we had for the Maryland running back room a couple of years ago. And uh, he's leading the charge. He's keeping yep. the, the, the tradition alive. The final Shell Daddy. It was like him, <laughs> McFarland, J- Javon Leak, Funk, 
Jake, was, that's right, Jake Funk. Was Ty Johnson still there? I, I think Ty Johnson had moved on. Had moved on. I think it was those four Daddies guys. Started. That's right. Um, so, yeah. The Shell Daddies he in the Shell. He liked the Shell Daddies. We gave him like four ideas, like five or six ideas that he hated. Finished with Shell Daddies. Which I don't even think was on the sheet. Of the it was idea not on sheet, the sheet. He just gave us the I like you, that. You, you spoke oh, one of the, the great moments <laughs> in the history. Uh, one more uh, note I'll throw at you before we, we kick off here, Taylor. Maryland's thrown one interception this season. Mm. Iowa's quarterback, uh, Petrus, who I mentioned earlier, has not thrown a single interception this season. And Iowa leads the Big Ten in interceptions. Terps have four on the defensive end. So you just you have to feel like a big pick once, you know, one or two in the second half could be the difference in this game. You know, it's something that kind of really hasn't either team has seen this season. You know, you mentioned that Kent State um, interception that Talia threw. Maybe not on him, but um, – you know, the more I just kind of look into that, like, man, oh, man, I'm very interested to see uh, when those late game passing situations come up. Can somebody make a big play on either side of the ball? Yeah, 100 percent. And and Maryland certainly has the defensive playmakers to make that happen. And Shikorian Bennett leads all of Power 5 college football and pass breakups. We've seen what Tarheep still can do. We've seen the plays Nick Cross can make. Um you know, even a guy like Ruben Hippolyte, who we talked when we talked to him in the preseason, was like, I can go out and cover. I'll go out and run out and cover anybody. Um those are guys that could make a difference that way from the Maryland side. And Iowa is actually low-key, has developed a lot of defensive backs that have gone in the NFL, like guys like Desmond King and, and guys like that. So they, they're, there's, a, there's a certainly that potential. And, and who's going to make the wrong decision or who's going to get the pressure that elicits the bad decision? It's a fascinating football game. We can't wait for it. Um, Maryland Athletics continues to turn on. We do have to give a special shout-out, Keith. They hear the turtle bump absolutely maybe the biggest example of the here the turtle bump in the history of the show adam hughes comes on the show beats number two beats number two wisconsin who when he was talking to us you know pre and post he was like this is a national title contender we just would like to be competitive which fair like 100 percent, yeah being competitive we're just going out and beating them in five sets so at the Pav. At the, the Pav pavilion. packed. At the uh, pavilion. Sneaky, maybe one of the best home court advantages in Big Ten <sighs> That's volleyball. what we were talking about. That place is rocking. Yep. So uh, It got it done last weekend. Very cool. Adam Hughes is a great dude and well-deserved for him and his team. Um, they now, as we record, they play uh, Penn State tonight, another ranked matchup here at the pavilion. So maybe he'll get another one against his, uh, his mentor, Russ Rose. So a special shout-out to volleyball. That was a really cool – I mean, that's the biggest win in the history of their program. And that's a fun thing to say for a Maryland program. Um, they've got a shot to be an NCAA tournament team now. Just got to win enough Big Ten games and they'll get there. So great stuff by him. Um, after they, you know, had some struggles, as he said, they had some struggles in the spring last year, and they've they've really turned around. Maryland men's soccer continues to roll along, seven one and one, number eight in the country. Maryland field hockey. Talk about another game against Iowa. They play number one Iowa Sunday in College Park. Um, so a very big opportunity for them. Uh, so the Maryland fall sports continue to roll along, but obviously the highlight will be on Friday. If you can't make it out to Capital One Field at Maryland Stadium, FS1 is where you can pick up the coverage. Eight o'clock on Friday. You and I will be in the building, Keith. That's right. It will be fun. Wouldn't miss this one. Would can't can't do it. No, can't do it. Um, make sure to follow us here, the turtle, on all of our social media channels at here the turtle on Twitter at here the turtle on Instagram. You can follow Keith at Sneds Throw One. You can follow myself at Taylor Smite Ten. Make sure to cheer on the Terps this week. What an opportunity! Should be a fun one on Friday. We will talk to you next time on Here the Turtle, presented by Toyota. Go Terps.